Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors, uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them on Saturday mornings. We know not everybody can listen to a podcast. So we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. North Dakota's deer gun season is attracting the most attention from outdoor enthusiasts, but a few anglers continue enjoying netting some walleye on Devil's Lake. They're still working the bridges with fair success. Lake Ashtabula also still has some anglers, not a lot, but a few. They're fishing from boats and finding an occasional scattered walleye and smallmouth bass. Generally, though, most lakes are quiet and anglers are waiting for ice. The Missouri River and its tail rays are still dealing with low water elevations as Garrison Dam releases remain around the 13,000 cubic feet per second mark. It's definitely below their normal releases and it's all designed to conserve water. That means ramp access is still an issue, and it will continue to be one until we can get some ice. Look for some success from shore, though, for walleye. Around Bismarck Mandan, Lakes Kakawee is also quiet on the east end, but anglers working the midsection in the Van Hook Arm area and around Newtown, working around the bridge there, continue enjoying a nice fall walleye bite. They're using jigs and minnows or jigging wraps. But yeah, the attention is on deer, and those in areas that weren't walloped with the AHD outbreak are generally seeing nice numbers and having fair to good opening weekend success. Waterfowl are still around, generally across most of North Dakota, but ducks are concentrated on areas with water, and we're probably going to see some movement with the weather change. And finally, there's still some okay pheasant success in areas. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale. And she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Our gone outdoors living off the land expert, Mr. Andy Holt. Andy, how you doing this fall? I'm awesome. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me on. It is always good to hear from you. And and speaking of hearing from you, Andy, a rumor has it you had quite an adventure last weekend, uh, and you you've got to put your tag on a deer. And uh, according to what I heard, it was um, it wasn't a conventional type uh, harvest and recovery. Tell us a little bit about how that all went down. Yeah, no, that's for sure. It, it's definitely my biggest archery buck and probably <clears throat> from any method, my biggest bodied deer that I've taken. Um, I've taken deer with bigger racks with gun, but not with bow for sure. 
Uh, it was kind of crazy. I had, I had popped in a, a mock scrape on my way in, and, and here came this buck, and, and he saw my scrape, decided to make his own, and I guess it was a bad decision to try to take a shot at him while he was thrashing the branch because my arrow hit the branch that he was thrashing and swatted it off of his vitals and went back, but luckily got liver. Uh, he made it less than 100 yards, and uh, I waited till dark to get out of the stand, and that, that lighted knock uh, just absolutely saved me, and I could see that through the woods and walked right up to him. Wow, congratulations on that deer and that harvest and the recovery, Andy. Thanks, thanks. I, I mean, it was really, it was luck. It was a blessing, whatever you want it to be. Uh, I, you know, probably didn't uh, expect to really have that deer. <laughs> you know, Andy, I, I would probably disagree and say, and you saying that it was luck, because I know uh, the amount of work that you put into these hobbies uh, and our tree hunting is a hobby. And I know you put a lot of work into it. And the more work you put into something, the less luck plays a part in it. Yeah, there is a little bit of luck, but you put yourself in position to be lucky. And uh, congratulations on that. Uh, all your hard work paid off. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we, we've got a good kind of team, I guess, if you will, with brothers and friends that work together. And, and it did pay off. That is for certain. It's an exciting time of the year, no doubt, Andy. And uh, we we wanted you to come on today's show and talk a little bit about uh, one of the ways you can position yourself out in the woods and conceal yourself. Um, there's a lot of ways to do that, right? But one of them is the ground blind, and I know you do a fair amount of ground blind hunting. Share with our listeners, Andy, just a little bit of the um, kind of the basic advantages of using a ground blind when you're out hunting, whether it be uh, archery or firearms. Yeah, no, we, we utilize ground blinds uh, all throughout the season and, and for multiple different, you know, game animals that we chase, but especially with the deer, um, there's a lot of reasons, uh, you know, that ground blinds are a great option. You know, they're inexpensive, they're portable, they're easily accessible, especially if you have somebody with mobility issues, maybe the elderly, um, they're a great option if you're hunting with kids, bringing little kids with you. Just have so much space, you know. You're concealed, you're warm. Uh, there's just a, you know they're easy to adjust if you are seeing deer that you want to move in on that kind of thing. That just that flexibility alone is worth giving some consideration to hunting out of a blind. You mentioned great with kids. Uh, being inside that enclosure, uh, as you said, it conceals your movement so those kids can move around a little bit if they get fidgety and they're not going to give away your position or even your presence. Uh, I know another one that, that we had mentioned and talked was just the fact that they're not elevated, right? And and that for me when I started archery hunting was a big deal. Um, I'm afraid of heights. I'm not I, I can't deny that. And uh, climbing up in the tree, and especially the older I get, the more the more questionable that tends to be for me. And being able to climb into a blind is, I think, is a good thing. I think you fall into the elderly category, Kyle. <laughs> well, that, that, that might be it, too. I'm not going uh, to argue there. So, Andy, what are some... You know, I'm, I'm in the same boat where, where I am considerably afraid of heights, too. I haven't been my whole life, but I definitely am now. Uh, we do elevate them sometimes, you know, put them on little platforms and stuff, but not very high. Uh, I don't get too far off the ground. Uh, but, yeah, you know, and then 
you know, sometimes it might be dependent on the, the farms that you're hunting. That could even be a landowner, you know, uh, expectation that you not put elevated stands. You know, sometimes landowners are, you know, afraid of the liability, and, and this allows you to still, you know, utilize the cover and that of the ground blind. Well, and I think another huge advantage of it, at least for me, is we generally hunt out of box blinds. You know, they're elevated, not super high, you know, six, eight feet off the ground, um, but they're permanent. And we put them in areas that are that are high percentage areas, but the deer don't always uh, follow that pattern that we want them to. So every right. year when we're hunting, we always have some ground blinds packed in the truck. We may use them, we may not use them, but you always have that as a backup in case you want to try and move to a different spot, in case you need uh, to try something different. They're very affordable. They're very easy to store during the off season. They don't take a lot of space. They're easy to throw them in the back of your truck in case you need it. Um, it's something that I would recommend that pretty much every hunter have with them uh, every time they head out to deer cow. And you know, that's exactly right, Scott. You have uh, such versatility and it's such a great tool. Andy, one of my questions is with the variety of different ground blinds out there in the market, what are a couple of points that we should be aware of if we're out in our sporting goods store trying to pick one out? My two big things are the windows and window configurations and then the size, you know, <clears throat> are you going to be bringing kids? Are there going to be two or maybe even three of you in this thing? Are you going to be by yourself? And then what do you want your windows to look like? There's a lot of different styles. <clears throat> we actually prefer the zipper ones. And I know that does make a little bit of noise, but it also makes it super adjustable, super rugged. And you seal out the wind and the breeze really well with the zipper compared to the other kinds of windows and you know from there we just uh pick on size and and your price range i guess too and what we really settled on is the grounder series and they are a baronet blind we like the 250s normally but we like to keep a 350 around for taking the nieces out and whatnot gives you some good options with the different sizes that they have available and i i know that scott and i have fish fished out of excuse me We've hunted out of those blinds as well. Uh, both but you can fish I'm, out of them I'm also. I've actually fished out of them. I take them out ice fishing. So. It is so, possible. Yeah. It is possible. It's possible. Yep. You're right. Andy, uh, we appreciate you taking some time and visiting. We appreciate you sharing your expertise and uh, and also letting us and our listeners in on your uh, your harvest of that, that deer last weekend. That was a great story. Uh, as always, thanks for uh, for joining us here this morning. Awesome. You guys are awesome. Thanks for having me on. Well, that is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Uh, make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.